Father, we just thank you, God. I thank you for this incredible woman, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the, the diligence in which she serves, Father God, for just the, the kingdom that she brings, Father, in every room that she walks into, God. I just thank you for who she is, Lord. I pray that you just pour a blessing out on her, Father, that goes beyond just this Sunday, Father. Just continue to, to pour out on her and, and, and to grow her, Father. We just thank you. We, we honor you. And I, and I just thank you for this incredible lady, Father. Just pray that as she speaks, God, you're, you just begin to touch hearts, Father. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Huh? Um, I've got a bottle over there, so yeah. Um, before I start getting into it, a couple of things. First and foremost, I want to give you a health checkup, health checkup report. That's the word, report. I'm starting good at it. Because I'm not connecting with everybody all the time, so I just want to let you know I had my first year checkup. Um, a couple of, probably about three, four weeks ago, and I'm in the all clear. So it's all going, it's all going really, really well. So thank you for your prayers, and you know what? Thank you for journeying with me, because it's been quite a journey, and you're over there, yes. <laughs> I need to know where my husband is, so that's it's good. Um, but yeah, it's been a journey for both of us and, and our family, but um, it's a it's a good journey because I wouldn't be the woman today if I wouldn't have had that journey to go through because everything God uses to teach us, to grow us, to change us. And so, and I want to thank you for praying. Okay, I have also a prophetic word. Saturday mornings is kind of my house cleaning day and I like my music really, really loud when I do that. And so yesterday morning, I put on, and please don't go like this to me. Yesterday morning, I put on YouTube, Pink Floyd, live concert. And God spoke to me through a song. And the song is called, Shine On, You Crazy Diamond. And the words go like this. Remember when you were young, you shone like the sun shine on your crazy diamond and initially I thought it was a word for me because I just had a birthday as well and I'm getting older so God was saying remember when you were young but then I sense God saying I believe that remember and this is I believe for all of us remember when you were young when you were first born again you shone like the sun s-o-n and I felt the Lord saying Remember your first love. Remember how on fire you were when you first got saved, when you first got born again. And he says, I want you to shine on. Shine with my glory. Shine with my goodness. Shine with my peace and my joy. And then he says, shine on, you crazy diamond. Because we're all diamonds in the eyes of God. Some of us are a bit rougher than others. But you know... We're all diamonds because God makes us into lights. It says in um, Philippians that we are bright shining lights in a world that is dark. And Isaiah 60 says, Arise and shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And so that's the word I want to bring before I start my message because I really believe that God wants us to truly lay hold of um, our first love, and then let him shine through us. Let's get on fire. Huh? Let's get on fire. Let's get passionate. 
about the kingdom of God and what he wants to do in us and what he wants to do through us. So my message is on the Holy Spirit today. I want to talk on the Holy Spirit and the part that he plays in each and every one of our lives. Can I just have a show of hands here who is born again? We're all born again. And guess what? You wouldn't be born again if it wouldn't have been for the Holy Spirit. Okay, first of all, it's the Holy Spirit that causes us to become born again, who causes us to become disciples and followers of Jesus. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. John 3, 3 says, and this is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. He is a Pharisee, and he is saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He talks about being born of the water and the spirit. So we're naturally born. We all are. Again, we wouldn't be here if we weren't. But we're also spiritually born again by the Spirit of God as we become um, followers and disciples of Jesus. And secondly, the Holy Spirit is the promise that Jesus prophesied. And we are continually living in the fulfillment of that prophecy. Jesus prophesied the Holy Spirit. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 14. And we're going to have a look at what the Word of God says in regards to that prophecy. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It's my go-to New Testament for anything. I love it because it brings life to me. The Word becomes alive to me when I read it in the Passion Translation. And that is not that any other translations are no good. It's just what I go to, and I want to share that with you this morning. So I'm going to read from verse 15. And this is Jesus prophesying about the Holy Spirit. He says, Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. And he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside you. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandoned or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me because I live again and you will come alive too. So when the day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me, for I will be living in you. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father, and I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my life within you. Then one of the disciples named Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, Lord, why is it you will only reveal your identity to us and not to everyone? And Jesus replied, Loving me empowers you to obey my word, and my Father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make you our dwelling place. But those who don't love me will not obey my words. The Father did not send me to speak my own revelation, but the words of my Father. I am telling you this while I am still with you. 
But when the Father sends the Spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name, and he will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. I want us to have a look at... Oops, I got caught. I want us to have a look at what Jesus was saying, especially in verse 16 and 17. He talks about... He will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend. And I want us to have a look... Josh? What's happening? Here. Another. Another saviour. And that word, Greek word, word alos means another of the same kind. As Jesus is the saviour from the guilt of sin, the Holy Spirit is the saviour who saves us from the power of sin by living through us in fullness. So it is another, but exactly the same as Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. And the Greek word for helper um, or savior, as um, it's translated in the Passion Translation, means parakletos, a technical word that could be translated defense attorney. And it means one called to stand next to you as a helper. And various translations say counselor, comforter, advocate, encourager, intercessor, or helper. And that's all who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is all of that. Okay? But the word Savior depicts the role of the Holy Spirit to protect, defend, and save us from ourselves, our enemies, and to keep us whole and healed. And the, and, the, and the language that Jesus spoke at the time was Aramaic, and there's the same word um, is called parakleta and comes from two root words. Prag, to end, finish, or to save, and lita, the curse. So what we get here is actually a word picture of the Holy Spirit that comes to end the work of the curse of sin in our lives and to save us from its every effect. So parakleta means a redeemer who ends the curse. The curse is finished. We are no longer under the curse. We are now free, and because of that, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in us, and it's a continuation, continual work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, as I said on the top here, is the Spirit of Christ. So the Holy Spirit is now with us because Jesus isn't any longer as a person as he walked the earth. He's gone back to be with the Father, but the Holy Spirit is now here on this earth and he lives in each and every one of us. Um, and just so that I'm accountable here, the reference is where I got it from. Because none of that was from me. Okay? But it's, it's good when, you can, when someone else does all the work and you can preach it. Hey? So the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the promise of Jesus that he will never leave us or forsake us leave us helpless or abandon us or leave us orphaned. The Holy Spirit is with you each and every moment of your day. 
because he is inside of you. When we become born again, we get the Holy Spirit. Okay, because without him, as I said, we couldn't even be saved. It's through the Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption or the spirit of um, acceptance that we belong to God's family. Let's have a look at Romans 8. It talks about that. Romans 8, verse 14 to 16. It says, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Listen to that. You did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, or the spirit of adoption, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father, or Abba Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. That's where our true identity is when we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit adopts us into the family of God. We are children of God. And, and we're never, never, ever abandoned or left orphaned. And we need to learn how to, how to behave like that. We need to learn how to act like that, how to speak like that, how to think like that. Because too much of this religious duty stuff is still inside of our heads, if you're honest enough. If you're honest with yourself, too much of that religious of have trying, striving to be good enough is still too much in our heads. But we need to let that go. And we need to let the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit, who has given us the identity of sons and daughters of God, we need to allow him to live that through us as we find ourselves accepted and belonging to the family of God. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of life. He is a spirit of life. Let's go back a couple of verses, because we're still in Romans 8, and we'll have a read of um, verse 10 and 11. And it says here in Romans 8, 10, Now Christ lives his life in you, and even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. Life comes from the Holy Spirit. Resurrection life, us being able to overcome out of stuff that holds us unfruitful or holds us barren or whatever. Holy Spirit wants us to, res to receive and I suppose lay hold of the truth that he is the resurrection life that is within us. And another translation of Romans 8.11 says, it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies. Okay? So we can lay hold of the life, the resurrection life that Jesus has experienced in our everyday life. 
You know that the Holy Spirit was there at the beginning of creation? The very two first verses of Genesis talk about that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the faith of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So when God then spoke the word, the Holy Spirit, as he was hovering, was bringing life and, and was there with creation, creating life, creating the sun, the moon, the plants, the animals, and eventually us, humankind, mankind. The Holy Spirit was hovering over that which was empty and dark and void and barren and fruitless. And as God spoke the words, life came. And he was there as well when Mary conceived Jesus. Because Jesus was conceived by the, whole, by the Holy Spirit. The angel Gabriel was saying that the Holy Spirit was overshadowing Mary, Mary and, and forth came life. Jesus came forth, who is the truth and the life. And so I felt the Lord when I was preparing saying that he wants to, he wants you to know that he is hovering over any area in your life that is barren, that is fruitless, that is dead, maybe dreams you've given up on because it's taken too long. You know, maybe there's barrenness in other areas of your life where you don't see the fullness of the life, you don't see the fullness of the abundant life that Jesus wants you to lay hold of. Maybe you, don't, maybe you find that resurrection life is not really something that is operating in you right now, and I believe God wants you to know that as you allow the Holy Spirit hovering over that area, and you speak the word just like God spoke the words at creation, you speak the truth, you speak the word of God, he will come and he will make the barren fruitful. He will make the fruitless fruitful. He will make that which is dead in your life come alive. But you've got to align yourself with the word of God. You've got to speak the words that God says about you, about your situations, about your family, about your loved ones. You've got to align yourself with the truth of what God says. And when you speak forth those words, I believe God wants you to, God wants to release his spirit of life to come into that area and he will bring about that which he has promised you. I believe that with all of my heart because this is something that God is doing, I believe, not just here but right across the whole world. God wants to bring forth his life by the Holy Spirit hovering he is hovering, he is hovering, he is hovering, and he's just waiting for you to align yourself with truth and the word of God. And I believe that is, it's the heart of God. Because God doesn't want to see us struggling and striving. 
and living in that fruitlessness, living in that barrenness, living in, living in just surviving or just existing. Jesus said, abundant life. He wants to bring abundant life. And this can only come when we align ourselves with the word of God. The Holy Spirit brings freedom into our lives. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Holy Spirit, and wherever He is Lord, there is freedom. We cannot expect freedom in our lives if the Holy Spirit is not Lord over our lives. The Holy Spirit, when He is Lord, when we yield and surrender to the Lordship of the Holy Spirit, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, same thing, we will experience freedom. That's the promise. That's His promise. Galatians 5, verse 13, says, Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a, a, to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all we do. We are called to a life of freedom. But we can only have that freedom when we are surrendered and yielded and submitted to the Holy Spirit and the Lordship and the authority of Him. In, in the same chapter, Galatians chapter 5, 16 to 18, he said, as you, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder Him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Holy Spirit. We have a choice. God doesn't make us do anything. We have a choice. Each and every day, are we going to live for ourselves or are we going to live yielded to the Holy Spirit and we're living for something bigger than ourselves? Because if we're living for ourselves, we will continually give in to the cravings and indulge into the self-life, which is the life of the flesh. And Paul goes on in Galatians talking about, and you know, we heard about it when um, Ben was preaching on the series in Galatians. You know, it's greed, it's anger, it's sexual immorality. You know, they are all the indulgent things of the flesh that we can yield to very freely or we can choose to live a yielded and fully, a full dynamic life in the Holy Spirit. The level of freedom we live in is determined by that surrender, by that yieldedness. What level of authority or lordship are we giving him every day? Okay. Because not the cravings of our self-life, 
nor the legalistic law will bring true freedom into our lives. It won't. Okay, we might, we might think we, have, we can get away with a few things every now and then, and we can probably, because it's just the way that things go, but eventually things will catch up with, because there's consequences. There's consequences to choices and decisions that we make every day. So we choose. We're going to live a life surrendered to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to lead us and guide us, or are we living a life that where we indulge in whatever we feel like doing. If it feels good, do it. You know, that was very much how I grew up. If it feels good, do it. And it didn't bring me any freedom. It didn't bring me anything good, really. It brought me a lot of heartache and pain because eventually those consequences will manifest. So we choose the level of freedom in our lives, in our soul, and even in our body. And the Holy Spirit brings the rule and reign of the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit brings the rule and the reign of the kingdom of God in our lives. And ultimately, that's what we want. You might not know that you want that. But it's ultimately the only way to live is when we allow God to rule and reign in our lives and bring his kingdom. Because Romans 14:17 says that the kingdom is not about food. It's not about the natural realm. Okay, it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us right standing with God. Righteousness means being and doing right, being just, being acceptable to God, doing the things that God, that pleases God. And again, we can't even do that in our own strength. We can't even do that by ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to help us with that. It's righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Peace. How much peace are you experiencing in your life? The level of peace that you have in your everyday life is probably a good gauge to see how much of the kingdom of God is actually manifesting in your life and how much the kingdom of God actually is in you by the level of peace that you have. Peace with God, peace with others, and peace with yourself. Because the kingdom of God is peace. Jesus was sleeping in the boat when the storm was raging. What did you say the other day about the storm and, the, and peace? You said that at Sadfikir. I can't remember. It was, it was really good, hey, because... We can have peace in the storm. We don't, have to, we don't have the storm taking our peace. And you know what? We all have our storms. You know, sometimes daily, sometimes weekly. We all have our storms. But why don't we take the posture of Jesus and just go to sleep? Hey, that's a good thing. Just go to sleep. Just pull up a pillow and go to sleep in the storm. I want to say, you know, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm half joking, but I'm not really, because rest, if we find our peace and when we find our rest in God, sometimes going to sleep is actually an act of warfare because the enemy wants you to be worn out and tired and worn down 
But when you can go to sleep and say, okay, Jesus, I just leave that all up to you. Because if you can rest in the storm, I can rest and find peace in the storm. It's an act of warfare when you can find a supernatural rest in the storms, in the stress, in the demands of everyday life. You can find rest and peace. It's the kingdom of God manifesting. It's the kingdom of God manifesting. And you know what? It's not just good for you. It's good for the people around you. Because nobody likes a stressed person. Nobody likes somebody that is all up, uppity in the air, you know, stressing out. And I'm talking to myself, Mark, no, don't you dare. I'm talking to myself. Nobody likes me when I'm all intense and high strung and lose my peace. It's, it's the kingdom of God manifesting when we find that peace of God. Okay. Joy. Oh, dear. I had some time with Jesus this morning. We were bantering. Jesus and I, we were bantering. I just had my time with Jesus, and because I asked him, you know, what does this joy look like, you know? Because joy is not dependent on your circumstances and your situations. That's called happiness. Okay, you're happy when things go well. But you're not happy when things don't go well. But that doesn't mean that you don't have joy. Joy is deep down inside. And it's the promise again of God, of Jesus. Inexpressible joy. He wants to give us. He wants to live in. You know? And Jesus was laughing this morning. He was laughing. And he does laugh because that's what the word of God says. The God, in, God in heaven laughs. You know, he's joyful. He, he's, he's never somber or morbid or, you know, cast down or discouraged or whatever. God laughs. He's happy. He's singing over you. And, if, and it's again, joy is the kingdom of God manifesting in us and manifesting through us. Now, I don't know whether you, you ever experience a person that is just always joyful. I mean, sometimes they can be a pain in the neck, okay, because they're always joyful, you know, they're always positive, you know, and, think, and, and you think, well, doesn't anything ever go wrong in your life? You know, you carry on like every, but you know what? It's a supernatural manifestation of the kingdom of God. Joy in the Holy Spirit. And I want to say to you that joy... Joy will be one of the major manifestations of the next move of God. We had, yes, we had the laughing and we had, we had all of that. But you know what? There is another level. There is a much deeper level of joy that God is going to release in the next move of God. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And guess what? In the days that are coming, we need to be strong. So we need joy. We need joy. We need peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Manifesting the kingdom of God in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, in our children, in our work, in our world. Wherever you go. 
So the Holy Spirit brings the rule and the reign of the kingdom of God. So we get into the Holy Spirit. Getting into the Holy Spirit, getting into that realm where God is. And you'll experience that. Because that's who God is. It's God is peace. God is joy. God is righteousness. God is freedom. God is life. And you know what? I haven't touched on everything. I haven't given you a theological thing on the Holy Spirit. I have given you something that I have experienced over the last 12 to 18 months. Not all the time, but most of the time. Holy Spirit is our friend, our best friend. And he is Lord, and he is life. And we need to experience him every day. We have to experience him every day. Because that's the only way to live. It's the only way that we can actually make it. So I want us to pray. Actually, before, before we pray, is that I just want to say again that he is the spirit of Jesus. Now living inside each and every one, every believer, to lead us, to guide us, to teach us in everyday life and every situation. And he is the one that empowers us and enables us to be like Jesus. To our families, our friends, our workmates, everywhere we go. He empowers us and he enables us. And so Jesus, I want to thank you that you did not leave us alone when you left the earth. But you, do, but you did send the Holy Spirit who is just like you. Who is just like you. To be with us every day, every moment of our day. The Holy Spirit who is our best friend. And who is Lord. And who is Savior because you do empower us to overcome. Overcome temptation. Overcome sin. Overcome our weaknesses. So we invite you today, Holy Spirit, to come and to just fill us afresh. We invite you to come to bring the rule and the reign of the kingdom of God into our everyday lives. That we would experience and encounter true righteousness, peace and joy. That we would encounter the freedom that you bring. That we would encounter the resurrection life that flows within us. And we ask that to manifest, Lord God, that those things, if you have something that is barren or fruitless or dead in your life, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your family, in your ministry, in your work, whatever it is, where if you experience something that is barren, where, you, where it's dried up, where dreams might have dried up, where desires and passion has waned, I just want you to put your hand on your heart and I'm just going to release 
the life of God into that area. As the Spirit is hovering, Lord God, I decree and declare the word of the Lord and say, come alive, come alive, come alive, come alive. Arise and shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Father, I release your freedom in everything pertaining to your kingdom today, Lord God, into every person's lives, Lord God. You know where we're at. Lord, you know us better than we know ourselves. So, Father, whatever it is that we need, not what we want, but today what we need, Lord God, that you will bring it to us by your Holy Spirit. And we thank you. And we thank you, Lord. And we thank you, and we give you all the praise and all the glory. Why don't we stand, and why don't we just declare and decree that our God reigns? Let's, I just want us to sing that song just a couple of times more. That, and if you need to make some adjustment in regards to the Lordship of the Holy Spirit in your life, you do that right now as we sing that song. You do some business with the Holy Spirit this morning. Let Him come.